Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. In Jesus' name, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we're grateful for bringing us to the end of the series, for bringing us to the end of this month, for the wisdom that you've been able to impart to us, um, and for the lives that you're changing through your word. Um, I pray, Lord, that as we finish this series, we will be able to put into practice what we have learned, that our marriages may grow, that our marriages may prosper. And for those who are single, I pray that they will enter into marriages that will build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we have come to the end of the series. We missed uh, a Wednesday. Um, however, we will be finishing the series today and we'll pick it up later in the year. It's such a wide topic that it cannot be taught uh, in four weeks. It cannot even be taught in 40 weeks because there's a lot um, that God has in mind and has to teach about um, marriage. But we will do what we can. Um, and obviously, it's on the podcast um, and you will be able to listen and to share Uh, as and when you can. So our key passage for today is Ruth 2, 1 to 2, and I will read it. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabites said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. The key thing that I want to get from this passage is Naomi, um, or Ruth, sorry, set her eyes on someone who was similar to her. They had something in common. Yes, she was from Moabite, but in marrying Naomi's sons, she became part of the family of Elimelech. And when she went looking, she went looking um, somewhere where there would be some level of similarity. And that's the topic of today. Today we're going to talk about, well, actually, how similar are you to this person in your vision? What is marriage to you? For example, I can decide to go to a takeaway and I might want to go to an Indian restaurant. Someone else might want to go to a Chinese one. If we're not clear what type of food we want to eat, we would end up going out thinking that we're we're both going to get fed the food we feel like eating. And you may find that if we go to the Chinese, the person that wanted to have the Indian is not going to be happy. And if we go to the Indian, the person who wanted to go to the Chinese will not be happy. So it is vital that when we say we want to go out and eat, we specify and we detail exactly what it is that we want to eat. When we want to build a house, there's a reason why an architect will draw up a plan and then people build according to that plan. Because the house that I have in my head may well be a three-story townhouse, 
and the house that you have in, in your head could be a bungalow. So if we say we're going to start building a house, what I am building is different to what you're building. And if care is not taken, you, you may find that neither of these buildings is realized because the people that are building it do not have the same vision. And the same it is with marriage. In the dating period, um, as we have said in previous te teachings, it's really, I mean, it's good if you have the butterflies and all you're thinking of is this person and you think that they're going to solve all of your problems. That is not necessarily bad as, as long as you keep yourself grounded um, and ask the right questions, have the conversations that really will shape the rest of your life. So as we move on, um, the topic or the subject is be sincere about your desires. Be really honest about what you want out of life, what you want out of marriage, what you want out of a partner, what it is that you like, what it is that you need. Of course, to be able to do this, you need to know your, yourself very well. So single time should be a time for you to get to know yourself, get to know who you are, um, what, what God has called you to be, what is it that you like, what is it that you don't like, uh, what are the things you love, what are the things you tolerate. So when someone, when God makes a proposition to you in terms of someone who could be a partner, you know yourself well enough to say whether this is something that I'm going to be able to live with, whether this is someone I'm going to love, or whether this is just not going to work. And obviously, um, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are going to be needed if we really like somebody that we deep down know um, is not good for us, for the destiny that God has in mind for us. And many people make a compromise there. And in, and in the end, really, they lose their destiny out um, for a person, a person that by the simple uh, virtue of the fact that they're human, they're not going to be able to fill that void. They're not going to be able to fill that gap. So you could end up with a life that looks good on the outside, but you're dissatisfied with on the inside. And there's many people who wake up one day and say they want to leave a marriage, they want to leave a family. And people say, but you have this, you have that, you have this, you have that. Why do you want to leave? It is because at times that gap is so wide, um, people literally cannot cope um, with it. So be honest about what you want. Consider your motivations and assumptions for marriage. Be honest about your desires and expectations. And what we'll do, we'll go through um, a number of um, type of marriages or the type of thoughts that people have towards a marriage. Be honest. If you want to get married to a stay-at-home mom who is going to be a housemaker, who's going to be looking after the home, who's going to be looking after the kids, who's going to be there for you every time, you have to set that out very early on as you're dating and make sure that you pick someone that that's what they want to do. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a housewife. There's nothing wrong. But it would be sad if a man who wants a wife who is a housewife then ends up with a career woman who is flying around the globe trying to be vice president of something because that would cause a lot of problems and also the woman you know what do you want in 
a man? Do, do you want someone who is going to be focused on you and the kids and uh, work is, yes, work is work, but he's not going to be so focused on work that he's not going to have time for you. Um, participation in church, um, do you match in that area? Is he the once a month kind of guy and you the twice a week kind of girl? There's going to be a conflict there. There's going to be an issue. And you may come to the point where you live with who they are and what they do, but you'll always be dissatisfied with it. You know, one of the questions, romance or business? There are some couples that everything is romance. They want to be with each other. They're into each other. They have this fairy tale, and that's what they want to do. And then there are some people who get married, and it's, it's more of a business, not in a bad way, but someone, may, may, a, someone who has a, a calling in ministry may look to marry a wife who can fit the bill of pastor's wife or who herself has a ministry. Um, it may well be that he's looking for someone to uh, help him run his business or she's looking for someone that will, um, that, you know, will be the big earner. And if as a man you're laid back and you don't think that trying to get up the ladder and earning as much money as possible is key. If you marry a woman who believes it is the man's job to run after jobs and get as much money as possible, there will be conflict because she will see you as an irresponsible person who doesn't care. Whereas if you marry a woman who is happy uh, for you to earn what you can, she earns what she can, and you just make it work, uh, then that is a different case. But it's very vital that we square these things out in the dating period. Um, when um, Princess Diana and, and Prince Charles were interviewed uh, back when they first got married, you could see the cracks that would be there because she kept going on about being in love and he was saying, well, whatever being in love means. So you could see that what they had in mind was different, but they never really talk, talked about it. It, it never really um, was a topic. For me, they're a couple that really never should have got married uh, because it was never going to work. They were too different um, to make it work. Be seen... Be, sincere about the kind of relationship there are some people all they want to know is about looking good some people just look good look good designer clothes and getting your hair done getting your nails done now if you're that kind of person you have to be with someone who either is happy for you to do that or is doing that with you because if there's a big difference, again, it will cause some issues because money will come in and someone might feel that, you know, we should be saving this money and you feel that I should be using this money to get the latest jeans, T-shirt, bags, hair, whatever that is. Okay. Uh, next one, cookbook relationships these are the kind of relationships where they follow a recipe okay 
So you have someone who is forever going on marriage seminars and is reading marriage books. And when you do, when you read something, oh, we really have to start doing it. So if he or she reads in a book that you need to, you know, pray as a couple every day, you, you just wake up one day and this person starts start saying, well, now we have to pray every day because I've read it in a book. And if you don't do it, it will cause problems. There are people that they are matched in that way and that is not a problem for them. Again, really, there's no right or wrong here, but it's more find out what you want, find out what the other person wants and see whether it matches. Passionate par partnership. Here is where the partners are so into each other, they almost don't have time for anybody else. Again, there's no right and, there, and there's no wrong, but you need to be a certain type of person to be able to, to do that. Are you, do you really get into someone? Do you have the energy to be able to keep that up? Because if you're not able to, the person might feel like uh, you've lost an interest, you don't love them anymore. Um, so I understand that when we're dating, uh, we are hyped and we do more than we would normally do. But bear in mind that marriage is a, is a very long time. So what you're not prepared to do for 50 years, do not do for two. Because the truth will come out. If you're pretending to be someone that you are not, just because you like him, just because you like her, the truth will, will, will come out. And the truth will come out at a, at a time when really the only thing that you can do to fix it is to grin and bury for the most. A, a lot of people feel, well, if it doesn't work, we're just going to break up. But the implications of, of that are huge. And um, breaking up should not be the first thing that comes to our mind. It should be the last, and it should be after all the avenues have been, um, have been looked at, have been tried, and they, and they haven't worked. So what I feel is not right is to get married and if there's a problem within a year or two, that is it. A lot of people do that now, but I feel that one needs to give it at least a good five years. Unless it's something really bad, really, really, really bad. If it is just, oh, he doesn't come to church five, five, five times a week and I go twice, that is not something that you can break up a marriage over or he spends money this way and i don't like it it has to be something where you really have to try the both partners really do have to try next some people the marriage is horror show relationship sustained by terror there is love but it's the kind of love that is tainted really with drama there is so much drama um, and drama is not good for children. It might make for, you know, really uh, passionate relationship. And one minute we hate each other. The next minute we love each other. Uh, one minute we're breaking the plates on our head. The next minute we're in the bedroom doing all sorts of things. It's not good for children. If you find a relationship that you're in sounds like that, it's not good for you. It's not good for your children. So if it's a, a horror show, I think... People in it need to get counselling, need to get therapy so they can move on and be in a marriage that is going to be um, stable so the children do not suffer. 
house and home marriage. There are some people, all they want to do with marriage is, okay, we live in our house and we have a garden um, and all we're going to do is redecorate the house once, you know, on Saturdays, let's go to Ikea. I saw some pillows and I want to change the curtains and, and not everybody like, likes that. And you, you have to find out. Some people would go to the, the garden um, section of home base and look at flowers to put on the balcony. And that's what they do. Um, focused on taking care of the home. Being home, let's be home. Let's, let's just stay at home and take care of the home. And some, and some people, that is what they like and that is what they do. But you need to find out because if someone who is into house and home gets with somebody who just doesn't care what the house would look like, um, there's going to be um, issues there. Some couples are kids are us. All is focused on the children. All is focused on the children. Even from the moment they get married, what is in their mind for them in marriage is having children and bringing up the children. And that's all their focus, taking the children on holiday, taking on the children on uh, clubs and sports days. And if they have the money, the, the children will likely be in private school. The education really matters. And that is going to be the focus of this person. Now, what I'm saying, I am not saying that, you know, people fall into these categories only, but what you need to find out is see how much of this is in me. Maybe you were brought up in a family where the children did not really get much of an, an attention from the, from the parents, and you have promised to yourself that when you have children, I'm going to look after my children properly. And you may be dating somebody who had parents who were suffocating them, and who may have made the opposite promise saying, when I get married, I'm not going to make my marriage all about the children. And you can see how this could cause a problem. Because one parent could say, right, for this month, every Saturday, I've got some, some, something planned for us to take the children to. And the other parent might just be, well, out, out of these four, I only really want to go to one because the other ones I'm going to go fishing. The other one I'm going to go see my friends. The other one I'm just going to stay home and chill out. So one partner is going to feel that my husband or my wife doesn't care about the children when really they have made an inner vow when they were younger that I was suffocated by my parents and I'm not going to do that to my children. So these are the conversations we need to have when we're dating. Find out their past. Find out what life was like for them when they were growing up. Find out where they bullied. Find out what happened to them. What, what is it? What it is? What are the promises that they made to themselves when they were young? There are women who saw their mothers um, suffer and stay in marriages that were bad because financially they could not get out. And they have made an inner vow to, them, to their own selves that when I get married, when I am grown up, I'm going to have a very good job that the day my husband messes up, I'm going to have the possibility of just walking out. And those are the conversations that need to be had because those are the things that will influence what your marriage is going to be like. Bohemian couple, this is the type that are always going to 
exhibition of art or going out to concerts. Again, there's nothing wrong, but how much of this is in the person that you're dating? How much of this is in you? Police partners, this is uh, relationships where one is keeping tab on the other. So there's, there, there likely is someone who's, who's a little bit naughty and they've married someone who is really good. So this person that's really good keeps tab on them. Uh, have you done this? Yes. Have you done this? No. Have you done this? Yes. And there's an element of that in every marriage. I guess we all need to be able to be with somebody who's going to tell us that if we're doing things wrong, we're doing them wrong and they need to change. But it can also be at the level where there's just one person that is the baby and they just do everything wrong and then this other person that carries them. Warriors, where all they do is fight. Fighting is the way to resolve everything. Check how the person thinks. Check how the person works. Student-teacher um, marriage, you, usually there's a, a big age gap. Or if, if there isn't a big age gap, there's a big knowledge gap. So there's one that looks up to the other. But what tends to happen in relationships like that is once the student is grown, uh, they might get bored with the teacher or they might just wake up one day and just feel that I'm being treated like a baby and just change uh, the attitude that they had uh, from the onset. Next, talk about things like how will you spend your evenings? When I get back from work, when you get back from work, what are we going to do? What do you do now when you get back from work? Do you sit down in front of the TV? Do you read books? Do you cook? Do you clean? What are you going to do? How close are you going to, to be? Are you going to have... Is your best friend still going to be your, your best friend? Um, how close are you going to be? Do you see yourselves as anything that happens to me, the first person that I'm going to tell is my husband? For some people, that is what they do, and that what, that's what works. For them, but for some people, they have brothers, they have sisters, they have all, all sorts of things that are going on in their life, and they, and they might not feel that the husband is necessarily the first person that, that they would tell. It, it might just be that as the husband, as the wife, you are the last person to find out because they don't feel that you need to know first. You need to know at some point, but not first. How much time will you spend on hobbies? How often is it going to go clubbing? I know clubbing is not a hobby, but it's something that would take someone out of the house. How often is it going to go doing whatever it is? Is it gymnastics? Is it swimming? Whatever it is that they're doing, how long is this going to take? Is it going to be something that on, Sunday, uh, on Saturdays you'll disappear? Uh, and if you disappear, is it going to be every Saturday? Is it going to be one Saturday a month? For example, if you marry someone who's maybe quite a lot into networking, you might find out that after they finish at work, they go to this networking place and that networking place, and you don't have them home till 11. For some people, that is fine. For some other people, that's the worst thing that they can get. Because the plan that they have is this person has to be so into me that when they finish at work, all they want to do is come home and be with me. And if they're not that type of person, they will be an issue. What about involvement in church? As I mentioned, 
earlier. How deep into it are you? Personally, me, maybe because of the calling I have. Church is such a big part of my life. I can, and I cannot imagine being with someone who feels that church is a box to tick. There are people who feel that church is a box to tick. And it's good for people like that to get married to each other. And I don't say that in a bad way. I really mean that for people to be happy, um, how much we do in church has to be similar. So if you're a prophet, if you're a pastor, if you're uh, anything that is heavy, please, by the message of God, make sure that you are with someone who either they have the same or they can tolerate it, they can encourage it, and they will cheer you on. If you, for example, have people that will be calling you with their problems and will be needing prayers when your husband or wives want you at the dinner table and you don't do that, and rather than eating with your children, eating with your wife, with your husband, you're on the phone speaking in tongues with somebody, that could be a big issue. That could be a big issue. But if, if the both of you are doing that, then it should really not be a problem. But that is something that needs to be ironed out. A lot of the times, especially for women, they may be told that it's okay if he lets you go to church. No, that is not the, the best. The best that you want to have is when the both of you are into God, into finding God, into seeking the knowledge, into applying the principles, because that makes for an excellent life. If you're going to do God, please do God on the same level as that person. And bear in mind that in life, we're meant to be on a journey drawing closer to God. I'll be very wary of being with somebody that they've been going to church once a month for 10 years. It is very likely that for the next 10 years, they will also go to church once a month. If you're happy with, with that, if you think you're going to be happy with that while you are you know, head, um, head of the choir, assistant of the choir, or head uh, of the wardens, the ushers, you need to weigh up priorities. Is the marriage dream the same for you both? As I was saying, someone's got Chinese takeaway and someone's got an Indian takeaway in mind. The dream has to be the same for the both of you. And this only comes from conversation, between the two of you, it comes with sitting down with mentors who have gone down this road and who can be honest because some mentors will not be honest. Some mentors may just want to, I don't know, to make you like them. They don't want to hurt your feelings. Find people who will tell you that, look, this person, I don't think they're the best. They, they might not be wrong, but I don't think they're the best. And when they say that, Ask them, what is it that you are seeing or what is it that you're feeling? Because at times, you just have a feeling, you just have a hunch, and you really cannot put it to words. If you are dating somebody and you're hearing people saying, I feel this, I feel that, please prayerfully go back to God and say, God, this person that is feeling this, and be open. Don't go to God with a mind that is, that is made up. Go to God and say, what is the hunch? What it is that could be hidden that I am not seeing? So fact number nine, it is not wise to sign up to a life sentence in order to avoid a difficult season. 
you're saying, oh, we've been dating for five years, we've been dating for two years, we've been dating for three years. If we break up now, when do I know I'm going to find the next person? Do not sign up to a life sentence because of a difficult season. Maybe you will not find someone for another six, six months, another year, another two, another three. But I tell you, three years, five years is nothing compared to 50. Next, fact number 10. Breaking up now is hard. Enduring a painful marriage is much harder. You may feel, oh, we've got to the point where everybody knows me and him. And, you know, even you, you might have even got to the point where you've set a date. Oh, and what are we going to tell people that we're not getting married anymore? What about the shame? What will, what will people say? No matter what people say, if you, for, for example, cancel a wedding, it's not going to be half of what they will say if your marriage falls to pieces. It, it will not be half. I'm telling you, it will not be, it will not even be a tenth. Because what is worse with a marriage that falls to pieces is that you're in pain and people are talking and the, and the, the pain lasts long and it affects more people. It's likely to affect your children and your children's children. Whereas with a marriage that is cancelled, fine, you may have spent the money and you may have told people and all manner of things may, may have happened, but guess what? It is something that will pass. And sometimes these choices are difficult to make, but don't, and, uh, don't um, put off a little pain now to then go through a bigger one later. So next. If you feel that after what I've just said now and you go through it, you feel that the person that I'm with, they're really not going to match up, it is not the end of the world. There is a person out there who shares your vision. There is a person who is what you need and what you want and what you will like. That person is out there. The issue may be that they don't come in the package that you want. Maybe they are not tall, dark, and handsome, um, but the person is out there. They may not have loads of money. They may not have all the qualifications you feel they need to have. They may not be from the country you want them to be from, but there is someone. And God will bring them to you if you're faithful in the application of the principles that he has laid out. So next. Marry someone who is spiritually tough and who can stand adversity. I would love to be able to tell you that as a Christian, when there is a problem, you just pray and the problem will go away. If that's how it was, our churches would not be filled because all that people would need to do is say a single word on a single Sunday and that would be it and problems will be solved. But we all know that there are problems that at times last for years, some last for months, some last for days, and you need to be with someone you need to be someone, and you need to be with someone who is spiritually tough. If we read the Hall of Fame in Hebrews, it talks about people who stood on the promise, even though they died not receiving that promise. And they stood. Some of them got what they asked for, some of them di didn't. But they stood. When things go wrong, is this person going going to stand by me? Have they stood by anybody else? Ask, ask the question. When your friends were going through problems, what did you do? Were you the, the first one 
that left? Were you the first one that just said, oh, this person is this, this person is that? Find out. Money, health, looks, and the posts they have are not certain. Any of them can fail at any time. T.D. Jakes got married, and within a few weeks of getting married, his wife was on a wheelchair. She couldn't walk. She couldn't do anything. So the honeymoon period, where people feel that all we're going to do is just hold hands and have lots of wonderful sex, he was caring for her because she was on a wheelchair, newly married. Remember, you're also choosing your children's other parent. Whoever you marry is going to be your children's dad. They're going to be your children's mom. And you have to bear that in mind. Do not marry someone that you can't tell your kids, marry someone like your mom, marry someone like your dad. Family history. Remember, you're also choosing your children's grand grandparents and the heritage of the family. Do your due diligence physically and spiritually. I was reading in a book about um, a lady who married someone who had a nervous break breakdown and she didn't find out until then that there were loads of people in the family who had had the same problem, who had either ended up in a mental home or committing suicide. Now, am I saying people like, like that should, should not get married? That's not what I am saying. I am saying you need to know what, what you're dealing with so you can prayerfully deal with it and you can also physically deal with it. Maybe they could have prayed more. Maybe they could have uh, arranged their life in such a way that maybe he or she didn't have that much um, um, stress going on with them that would have led to a breakdown. So these are the things that we need to find out. Start protecting your children before they are born. How much of a Christian? Marry someone who speaks to God and hears from God for them, for themselves. Somebody who goes to church and just reads the Bible on Sunday while the pastor is preaching, they're not going to be able to hear from God or speak to God on their own. So find someone and make sure that you are someone that is constantly looking uh, for God and to be uh, a student of the word of God so that God can speak to you. I look at the changes that I have made in my life and not many of them have come because my husband has shouted at me or because my husband has said, oh, what you're doing is hurting me. Most of it has come from reading the word of God and God saying to me, what you're doing is not right. But if I don't hear God, if I don't speak to God, then how is the change going to come? Marry someone who knows they need to grow and that they're not perfect, that they're not the finished product. Anybody who you're dating or anybody as you, if you think you're perfect, if you think there's nothing wrong with you, it's going to be hard being married to you and it's going to be hard being married to them. Because if anything goes wrong, it's never going to be their fault. It's going to be yours. It's going to be the other person's fault. And that is it. Um, I pray that we'll be able to to go back and re-listen um, and draw from this. Um, and really for those of us who um, are married, the next series we're going to do is not going to look so much at making the choice. We're going to look at how to deal with the choice that we have made. I'm not sure when in, when in the year that is going 
to be, but we will look at how to deal with the choices that we have made. And my prayer for me, my prayer for you, for all of us who have listened to this series, is that God will open our eyes of understanding, that God will give us the courage to apply his principles, to apply his word, that our marriages may build the kingdom that he has paid so much for. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.